Hi everyone, welcome back to the Take 6 podcast. My name is Sam and on today's episode I speak with one of Kenya's up-and-coming female producers about her career, distribution and a mosque in Malindi. That's how diverse our conversation was. And here we go. I have Juliana Kabwa who's here. She's a producer, production manager and awesome filmmaker and uh, my co-producing partner on a, on a couple of projects. And in fact, we're co-producing two films, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, one is being shot in September. Yeah. 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020. Yeah. 2020. There you go. <laughs> Malindi. Um, and then we went to this place called Gedi Ruins. And Gedi Ruins is a place that has been in existence for like 500 years now. So it was excavated, I, I think, in the 1960s. Yeah. And, you know, now the, the, the thing about being Ekoi, it's amazing. Like, because it's amazing how much development there was back then. Because when yeah. you go into the mosques, yeah. there's a way they carved the wall, uh-huh. you know, in a way where, you know, like when they say Allah, something, something, <laughs> you know, and then it's actually there like it's like a hole they carve into the wall yeah. and then when you shout it you can hear like a big echo oh and it's so magical i'm just like we africans were on point <laughs> yeah i mean like you know i think one of the things that uh was good about ancient history ancient times is that people utilized what was available and that's the wonderful thing about innovation it's, it's like use the existing technology, even though technology has always been looked at as machinery and things like that, it's not necessarily, it can be anything that aids, I think, in my opinion, that aids humanity. And uh, a lot of uh, of that means either utilizing what's already existing, like that curve, curved, curving into the rock, that kind of boosts the sound or gives it some sort of quality, or even just the our ancient like the way we did things like the buildings the the transportation you know how we how we facilitated life you know and you know it's quite interesting because i mean even in this day and age when we think of science fiction we think of science fiction from the point of all oh, this machinery, this, these spaceships and these robots and what, and this cool technology. And yet, Africans also had that kind of thing in their storytelling, in their, you know, their science fiction. Um, there is this lady, Nedi Okorafo. She, she does what she, now, she calls African futurism. Her genre of novel, novels are like that. And there's Binti, Who Fears Death, you know, um, all these amazing stories. And she's not thinking about, like, advanced technologies necessarily. She's drawing from already existing African tradition and African rituals and African, you know, symbolism, metaphors and all that to, to tell the stories, which is, which is something I think as Africans we need to grow into because a lot of the, what's it, what you may call storytelling and the way we view the world is through the eyes of the West and how they, how they see filmmaking or storytelling should be, which, which is sad because, you know, back in the day we had a way in which we presented life through the stories, you know, and that has been broken. 
you know, and we've now abandoned that for, you know, abstract art and, you know, art house film, you know, which, which is sad, you know? I mean, like, what's your approach to storytelling anyway? Okay. First, you know, whatever you said, um, I remember there's this um, thing that I can't remember whether it was talking about stereotypes. There's a lady who writes really well uh, mm. from Nigeria. Mm. She's a Nigerian-based writer. She's written Americana. Oh, Chimamanda. Chimamanda. And, yeah. and you know, she's talking about stereotypes. And, you know, I think in the beginning of her TED Talk, she's like, it's it's weird how, you know, when she was a kid, she used to write about snow and beer, you know, like oh. things that she couldn't really relate to on ground. Because, you Is know, that that's... the one about uh, the danger of the single story? Yes. I remember yes, that one. Yes, I love yes, that yes, TED yes. Talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's you know like you write about snow, you write about you know beer, ginger ale, you know things that she's she'd never really quite experienced. Yeah. And it's I can imagine now from an outsider perspective that just looks so you know fake and surface level, you know. Yeah. And I feel like just as you said, if we go deeper, you know, we really find that there's you know there's real stories and there's rich stories about you know our history and culture. Yeah. So so that's that's quite interesting. Yeah. My approach to storytelling. Uh, I think I take... I, 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 I like to tell stories that treat like a book, you know? So I think my best films or stories I've really liked are those that, you know, read, read like a book. You know, it's, it's like it, you get immersed into a world and, you know, you kind of get lost into it. So I can't really say I'm into one genre because I feel like... I like sci-fi, I like drama, you know, I like just different genres in as far as, you know, it tells a story and it gets me masked into that world, yeah. Okay. Um, wow, you know it's what? It's so interesting. We've been friends for like two years and like, I didn't know you liked science fiction. I do. I, I, I recently watched Matrix again. And then... <laughs> that was a fantastic film. I then. know. <laughs> I know. I watched Matrix and then I watched... Um, what's this called? Um, Inception. And I feel like I've watched another sci-fi as well. And they're quite, they're quite nice. But now the sci-fi for Kenya is Pumzi. Wanori really did a good job with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Um, I once came for... Yeah. Uh, in 2015... Before I actually moved here, I came for a workshop in the Godan Art Center. And around that time, it was two months, I really, really immersed myself in the art scene in Kenya. So one of the things I attended was about Afri- Afrofuturism, I think. It was organized by the Goethe, Goethe Institute. And there were these filmmakers who, were talk- who had made work that was sci-fi, or what you call African sci-fi. And it was quite interesting. Um, there are a lot of... Uh, people of African origin who are making these films and there was one film I watched called Kichwa Tele I think and the guy literally shot it over that flyover that's at the railways railway grounds and blah 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 and it was, it was quite quite interesting and a lot of um, there are a couple of people who are doing sci-fi as well there's a short film I forget the title it starts with a K I probably will remember it over the course of the conversation but um, I find that sci-fi is quite an interesting genre to actually discuss because, I mean, drama, I mean, yeah. it's an easy one, yeah. but a easy, place... Easy. 
I think so. I mean, like, there's nowhere that it's more clearly obvious that we have still remained in that westernized view of science than in science fiction, or rather of the world than in science fiction, because we're all thinking about spaceships and going into space. And, you know, there was one, I used to, I taught a course at, for one semester at uh, Artfield Institute of Graphics and Design in Uganda. And during that, one of, when, one of the students' presentations, it's, I, I, I gave him an assignment to send me like story ideas and, you know, and this one guy makes a sci-fi about uh, humans who have been sent off in a mothership and he made like the scientists white. And I said, why can't you make the scientists uh, Ugandan? says no but it's not possible like people people Africans can't think like this I'm like but they're human right and the whole thing about science fiction is that it's fiction so you can create this narrative as well I mean like look at Star Trek really Star Wars uh, you can list them off Babylon 5 all those ones have white people at the center of the narrative but and those those worlds do not exist like the realities that they're portrayed do not exist why are you waiting for someone to make that reality yours? You know, that's why like, I, I'm particularly interested in, in reading and discovering Nedio Korafo's literature and all these you know, African writers who are doing science fiction. Because for me, it's kind of reorienting us in this space, you know, just telling people like, look, you can also dream of these rich worlds, these fantasies as an African, just drawing from, you know, your, your, your traditions. Because now like, uh, for example, you look at a thing called, a a series called The Witcher on Netflix, uh, starring Henry Cavill. It's drawing from Eastern European folklore like all those tales and what. It's based on a book that draws from that. But now it's on Netflix and now the whole world has watched it, literally. It has like, I think, 76 million views, you know? And so that's what I find. Which makes me think about Wakanda, you know, like talking about science fiction. Do you feel like they, they did it, you know, when it comes to, you know, sort of defining the course of the way we tell science fiction you know in Africa like was that was that it or was it like I feel like okay from my perspective uh-huh. I feel like there are a lot of western ideals you know I feel like they didn't really dig deep into like the cultures and um, the history of the people like I feel like it was just a lot of you know like there would have been more depth you know I, I'm thinking about Shakazula I know Shakazuli is not is not within the you know the the genre of sci-fi but you know something around that you know something that's something that's more you know something that can be relatable to like a common Kenyan you know a common Monanchi you know you know if you ask I don't know a Kenyan whether they'd relate to that story I'm like uh, would they really yeah so yeah what's your perception I don't know my thing is uh, I have problems with with Black Panther and the world of Wakanda and um, short of me killing an opportunity to work at Marvel in the future, I am going to say this: <laughs> that um, I am your friend. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, so for me, it's um, the problem. What I found problematic about 
the design of the world of Wakanda, like you said, is first of all from a Western lens. Secondly, uh, the film itself, I felt, could have done a far better job of going deeper into creating a fictional world. It could draw from real African tradition, but create a fictional African nation. Because if you look at Game of Thrones, the Dothraki, for example, it's a made-up place, a made-up language. You know, like, and this is Disney. They have all the money in the world to do that. There are people called Konlangas who literally create new languages. Dothraki, Klingon, Elvish, Elvish or whatever. These are people who sit there and reimagine re new languages. And you could have taught people that. You know, that, that's, I thought, and also, in terms of creating like some sort of like fusion of African society, I mean, I, for me, it felt mm, okay. I mean, for I mean, if it were me doing it, I mean, I would be like, okay, you know, that's what I have at my disposal. But Disney could have gone deeper. They had the money, they had the time, this expertise they could have tapped into. So I'm, I'm not sure you'll be. You know, whatever you just said, I'm not sure they'll, when they hear this, they'll be quite happy. <laughs> I won't, they won't be hiring me at Marvel anytime soon. But look, and, 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 and I, don't, I don't mean... Yeah, no, it's fine, it's fine. But that's the thing now, you see now, that's the other thing that we're, we're looking at these opportunities. Oh my God, Netflix is coming. Oh my God, Netflix is coming. Oh my God, Marvel. Blah, blah. But look, we have the opportunity of the audience here, yeah. you know, and that's, I feel like that should be our first place to serve. And it's not like me making these comments about Marvel's approach to Wakanda have uh, out of ill will. They're not because, look, I'm observing the world from the continent, you know, and I feel like Hollywood for the longest time has been lazy about the portrayal of our continent, and which is sad. And how do we change that? Which is why I asked your approach to storytelling. You know, how do we approach the storytelling so that we can rep best represent, you know, ourselves for the world? No, no, let's not even go very far. Not just for the, not for the world, starting with our own reality, you know? Because it's funny, I was talking to someone earlier today and I was saying that uh, we have a vast audience in East Africa. And Nairobi is quite unique because you have screens in matatus. What are they showing? Music. And sometimes they will show Just for Laughs. Where does Just for Laughs come from? Canada. Is Canada on the continent? Of course not. Now there is an opportunity there. You know, you can screen films from here. We're talking about short films, for example, you know. You could say, get all these matatu owners talk to them, say, look, support. We don't want your money. All we want is a platform to screen these movies. And I can preach this till the end of the world. And we're wondering, ah, our films need to be in the cinema. They don't need to be in the cinema because no one's going to the cinema. Not even us who claim to be middle classes or the people who are in the, the top 1%, they're not going to the cinema to watch Kenyan films. Who are the people who are going to watch Kenyan films? They're the people who go on matatus every day. Those guys have 50 bob, 100 bob. They can go watch your film in a venue. You put a screen in the field. Every town has a football field, at least one. Put up a projector, get sound, screen your film. 
I don't care whether you shot it in 4K or RAW or it has these amazing graphics. I don't care because they don't care. They're there for the story. They're there to see the film. Um, Then my question would be, I feel like if there's anything Wakanda was successful in is in believing that there there was an African audience, you know, because I feel like even just from the statistics, you know, that came from, like, the Kenyan cinemas. Apparently, this was the, you know, most profit-making film ever in the history of, quote-unquote, African films. So I'm guessing, you know, I'm asking myself, what did they do right? Um, And I think for me, it's more, um, you know, an insightful thing to even think that, you know, I I think people really want to watch African films. It's just, you know, where, what can we borrow, you know, and what can we do? what can we do on top of, you know, like what Wakanda did to be able to attract such audiences, you know? Do we need to hire Chadwick Boseman, you know, um, to a film, you know? And I think probably the thing I would do is, and I feel like this is what Nigeria does well, because I think there's a friend I was talking to and they build their stars, you know, they build their stars. So I feel like, oh yeah, and again, a conversation we're having with friends, it's it's weird that, you know, Banner Boy comes to Kenya and... We're paying 10000 you know, and someone asks you to pay 10000 you know, for Sauti Soul, and you're like, ah, no, you know. I can't pay yeah, exactly, Soul. local exactly, artists, exactly, come exactly, on. I know you know. Like- so I feel like that probably would need to change, you know, for us, you know, for people to be able to value, like, you know, African cinema and just our own films. But then how how do we engage the audience? How do we get them to see our stars and be like, yeah, that's that's a Kenyan film. I'm going to watch it. Like, what did what did Wakanda, you know, Black Panther do that we haven't done? You know, because they they are able to you know see an audience and they're like, I'm sure the reason they're developing Black Panther too is because you know they're probably I'm, I'm guessing the marketing person somewhere, you know, is you know probably just trying to assess the African market and for real i believe even with coke um i think there's a thousand a billion reasons to believe there's something there you know and i feel like that just kind of trying to study our market and you know if we don't do it before they do then you know we'll have marvel come here and set up and we're like whoa see our stories you know (laughs) so yeah so what what do you think we can do you know differently or what can we improve you know on what's on what's been done we don't have, we don't definitely have the budget for the Marvel budget. Yeah. But the thing about Marvel or these Hollywood films that they market. Yeah. And here's the thing. I keep telling people, stop putting things on billboards and posters. No one's looking at them. And yes, I have been a proponent of social media. And the challenge with social media is that it does not, it reaches the middle class who don't watch but it doesn't reach the the one the mwanainch like that the you know the person in the in the matatu the shopkeeper you know the market stall vendor you know they're not being reached and a very clear example of a way to market matatus that's one for sure it's free if you can get them to screen your film if you can get them screen your films you can get them screen trailers how long is a trailer 2 minutes if you play that trailer three times in an hour, how many hours are there in a day that people are on Matatus? Marvel, this is great marketing intel. 
us. If you want to partner, you know, go to our social media. What's your social, social media account? <laughs> We're not in there. <laughs> but anyway, but, but, never know. I mean, you never, never know. know. But no, but the thing is, what I'm saying is, we don't have to do too much. Like, we don't have to think too outside of the box. Like, the, all, the, re, the thing is staring us in the face. These matatus are going to Kasarani, Umo, Lumoja, you know. They're full of screens. But I'm telling you, it's there. I am preaching it, and I'll be the, I'll be the Messiah. A matatu is a commuter van public service vehicle, one that ferries, like, you consider like your buses. And what's unique with Kenyan Matatus? Oh, <laughs> they are loud, they play music, they have screens, they have graffiti. Yeah, I think they're the only Matatus in the world with graffiti. They're the only Matatus with character. Character, uh, in a way, you know. Okay. To some extent, you know. Yeah, but okay, yeah. no, uh-huh. it's funny you should say that. Yeah. What kind of graffiti is on there? Uh, what kind of art? Please tell the please tell the, the listeners what kind just, of just been me to the wall. Me eh? trying to defend <laughs> Matatu culture here. No, I you know, know people have actually made films about Matatu culture in Kenya. Which ones? Ah, so. Which ones? Mm. Sensei it was, you know, used Matatus because they felt, you know, there's something about the Matatu culture here. Yeah, but I don't think that was I mean like the character, yes, was a Matatu driver for sure. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, you could say that. But what I mean about the art is that yeah. it's okay, it's I agree, it's I agree. Football stars so from, 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 from the West. You know, they have uh, musicians, they have characters that's from... That's, that's, that's where, that's where yeah. there is a bit of a disconnect. But okay, look, hey, they have character. I get it. I don't mean to rain <laughs> on your parade. my lost identity, Kenyans. Yeah, yeah. Kenyans. Yeah, yeah but, but that's fine. And, yeah. and there's an opportunity there to yeah. recapture the audience. Because... And for lack of a better word, we've been so thoroughly colonized. Yeah. I had a friend who I was in a workshop that said she, she was facilitating and she said, Africans have been so thoroughly colonized. Yeah. And we can't seem to think of any other way to tell stories. Even when we make films, um, particularly we're going to make films that are going to festivals, which is fine. It's also a viable platform. The only problem is your own people don't get to see that film for one, two years. And when they finally get to see it, it's in your hard drive. You get. So, I mean, and then we complain that we don't have audience. You're not, you're not making the effort to reach out to them. If you reach out to them in the way they know how, then why not? That, 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 that's, you know, they will come. You know, it's weird because, again, a conversation I'm having with some friends. Um, you have a lot of conversations. I know. What gosh, are you doing yeah. all this? Like, you just literally just talking, talking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm just, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> just throw shade. <laughs> yes, I'm an introvert. Thank you. It's fine. It's fine. So, um... So apparently, not apparently, last year was one of the years where Kenyans spent the most in events, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and this was, I think, a statement that was made by, you know, like people who run Ticket Sasa and MOOC. You know, mm. like the sales just went up, you know, meaning mm. the the level at which we're consuming entertainment is increasing, you know. Mm. And it's increasing for specific, you know, type of arts like music, 
and even theater. But I'm wondering, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like we're not really tapping into, you know, the growth in the market and the growth in spend, you know, what do you call it? Spending. When you say yeah. we, what do you mean? Like we in cinema, we... We, we as, as filmmakers, you know, we're okay. not really tapping into that market. Because, mm. I mean... Um, Blankets and wine is two thousand five hundred, you know, because he said so is like two thousand, sometimes two thousand to three thousand, depending on advance or you know early. I mean, late tickets. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wait, you're actually charging people eight hundred to go to the cinema. Yeah. People would actually go, you know. So people can afford to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, but continue. So I'm wondering, like. We're really missing it in a way, you know. But again, honestly, you can't also compare like the capital investment in film to the capital investment in music, you know. Because I feel like before you make a film, not a lot of money you're putting yeah. in, you know. Music is quite different. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I mean, someone, someone may contest that, but yeah. No, no, but uh, how much does it take to make a song, like studio? Okay. Mm. If you get a really good studio, probably everything would be charged at two hundred thousand. Two hundred, just yeah. to make one song. I, like a really dope studio, maybe like. No, 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 no. Let's just say mm. something mm. average that still produces good yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the guys who did packaging. Do you think they went to the no, top studio? No, no. Come on. I think probably <laughs> fifty thousand. I don't think they even spend that much. Oh, really? They probably spend like what twenty k, ten k, three thousand. Yeah, I don't see what packaging is. So we will just. It's like yeah. a, it's like a popular. It's a genge music. Genge. Yeah, genge tone. Yeah. yeah, it's like this recently uh, uh, underground that now in the mainstream type yeah. music. Yeah. That that you know everyone from. The what we call lower class all the way to the middle class. Yeah. So like package, package, package. Like that's the thing. Like, but you know the meaning of packaging. Me, I don't so know. Okay. It's a song. So don't don't go saying it everywhere because they, you know. But what? It's there. And then, I know. If it's there, it's there. Okay, guys. Yeah, so. it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but the thing is, uh-huh. if I Ugandan know uh-huh. this song, yeah. it's okay. Party after party. Okay, like, party you know, after party. It's a Ugandan song. After which, party after, after party. I mean, like. Of course, ah. we're not even going to go into this whole thing of Kenyans adopting people's music. People's Have you things. seen your cinema? Oh my gosh! <laughs> wait, we're not okay, talking about our cinema. No, but you see the thing. Yeah. Aha! Thank you for bringing up Wakaliwood. Do you know mm-hmm. that that guy, mm. like literally, DWTV has done an interview on him. BBC has done an interview. I think done an interview on him. Oh, guess what? His latest film was at Toronto International Film Festival. Thank you. Okay, we can live with them. <laughs> Are you humble now? I'm, I'm very humble. <laughs> Respect, okay. guys. And I'm not saying Toronto is the only platform. Yeah. And, but the thing is, yeah. his work is seen in Uganda. He put his film, Who Killed Captain Alex, on YouTube. Just go see the views. Yeah. People yeah. from Africa to wherever in the world, how else do you think they see, they know him? Then I, I, I guess, I guess, 
I I sort of see where you're going with this, Sam. Because honestly, if make, making a good or maybe just like a good song in Kenya mm. would probably cost maximum a maximum of fifty thousand without the video, you know, just a yeah. recording in the studio. Yeah. Um, does it mean then, you know, as filmmakers, then we need to start working with whatever capital we have, you know that. I guess because I mean that's how industries are built. You know, Nigeria started making work films. They still make them anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, meaning people are going to still consume and understand as long as we're churning out as as long as the story is good. We shouldn't really be limited. Oh, budgets, or you know, I need a million to make good content. But I feel like even then, you know, you're sort of downplaying the capital investment, you know, that's required. I don't, I don't mean yeah. to downplay the yeah. investment. Yeah. The thing is, what's missing mm-hmm. is our our audience. Yeah. They exist because they're the guys who watch Tahiti High, Papa Shirandula, and Citizen. You know. But the, or Selena or Vashita, Maria, yeah. Yeah. those guys exist. Yeah. But the thing is, we as filmmakers, especially people, what what we would call like uptown filmmakers, because in Uganda there's a downtown filmmaker and the uptown filmmaker, us uptown educated bougie like filmmakers, we have failed to recognize that we are not reaching our audience. Because we're making these, we're making these films about the middle class. People can't relate with that. Yeah. Okay, maybe they can. But the thing is, we're not marketing to that segment, right? We're marketing only on social media, and we think, oh, filmmakers should post post in their groups. Filmmakers will not come to your film. Because they're just like you. They are struggling artists mostly. They have no money, or even if they do, they'll spend it on watching Black Panther and some amazing film, you know, and they won't come to yours, you know? It's just that. And so it's us building audience. You have to start. That's where it starts, honestly. You have to start from there. There's, look, at, look at Rafiki. Rafiki was banned... And then the time when they had that one week window, they made three million Kenya shillings. Now I'm not saying that that's what they used to to make the film, but think about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Marketing. They marketed, got the audience. I don't, and look, I may think I may I may be wrong. Maybe the marketing was one aspect, or maybe the controversy around it was another aspect. But the thing is, you have to reach the audience. We cannot say. We're putting in so much money. Oh, we're putting in so much money. I'm putting in 5 million, 10 million. I don't care. If you can't give it to the audience... again? Eh? You want to repeat that specific statement you just said? What? I <laughs> put in 5 million, million 10 million. No, I'm sorry if it offends you, <laughs> wherever you are. But the fact is, there's no point in putting in all that money if you're not going to make it back. If you're not going to get eyeballs, bums on seats... What's the point? I actually have a question on that. So, um, 
this this time it wasn't a conversation it was a meeting a client meeting <laughs> this meeting you just did sign language I'm sure like, oh, come on okay let's go this person was saying how much okay of course it's they're, they're in the business of art the arts mm. and uh, they have a client who's been sponsoring their business for the longest time yeah. and I think the thing that they've always struggled with you know as artists has been the question of whatever you've just said you know like if it's not bringing money back then why make it yeah but then so the thing they struggled with a lot is you know like client telling them to justify ROI like they want to see money back return you know investment. return on investment but then um, my question sometimes is honestly on films if you even just look at Kenyan films the ones that have been made mm-hmm. like less than 5% have actually made their money back you know which one actually which 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 films have actually made their money okay, back okay, let's revise so 0% has made their money back <laughs> but we in film again okay but <laughs> so it's just a question i'm not saying revise your statement i'm just saying yeah. which one because then I, well then, I, was, i was giving room for you know just anything popping up after the podcast and someone just saying by the way I actually made money back so maybe the 5% well, was at up. the time of making of recording this podcast I don't know any film that has made their money back yeah yeah, yeah. so then I, they also made this statement sometimes it's really hard to sort of quantify in 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 cash money how much you know you rake in as a brand but then sometimes the value sometimes is in you know like things like brand awareness and i know it feels cliche but i mean you can actually quantify eyeballs the fact that you know you had probably 100 viewers on your page and now you have you know say 5000 viewers you know so i don't know how do we tip the corporate uh, culture in Kenya to seeing art for sometimes it's 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 um this is a word i'm looking for for it's not there's this actual value and there's there's another word there's actual value not perceived value mm. there's the actual va- the intrinsic value you know wow. yeah yeah so i feel like you know most corporates in africa mm-hmm. want you know the extrinsic value in terms of money but mm. the reason i feel um you know film has really made it big in other cultures is because there's a lot of intrinsic value you know that it brings in you know to our country to our country's heritage you know to you know the brand's awareness you know and visibility and all that and i feel like you know brands don't acknowledge that here so how do we change that you know like how do we yeah like how have other people done it like how has europe done it i wouldn't i wouldn't okay so it's it's um Like the question I get it yeah and I think the solution and I gave it to you first one of the solutions you said eyeballs eyeballs are where the uh. matatus there are also these these um digital billboards you know okay that may be a bit complicated because unless you're sitting in traffic or you're literally standing by the roadside looking that may be a bit questionable but in a matatu you're stuck in a matatu for what 30 minutes 1 hour yeah and really long routes you're probably there for 2 hours and you're watching this thing that's that's space advertising space you know and if i have my short film and say one brand shows up in my film they will see it because at the end of the day like it's it, it has to be built over time with coca-cola For example, I don't mean to promote a particular brand, but 
they yes, advertise. We want you on our film. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, they advertise to death. Now, how that is quantified is that the number of people who are still buying the drinks and the, ex- the new customers can be related to that. Um, the reason why Hollywood, you know, can get like say a brand to advertise to kind of put their you know put money into a film is because they have the cinemas for example Paramount owns a certain number of cinemas and those people can guarantee that when I put my film here these are the number of people who can come because star X star Y are there and when we advertise your brand will show up in the advertising you get they already have a, an infrastructure which we do not have here we have to build it yeah. from scratch literally and it's going to take time and it's going to take investment and unfortunately and one uh, um, one of the long long serving producers in Kenya once told once spoke I was at this conference where he said we they the, these producers the, the older generation have not done us any favors they've not prepared the way they've basically left us on our, to our own devices and so it's up to us the younger generation to kind of figure out this model because a lot of say the producers the bigger producers in Kenya uh, are doing like service work which is basically facilitating foreign productions documentaries commercials you know once in a while a feature film that they've not even generated you get they're not co-producers on they're basically doing service work and that's how they make their money and so it's these younger smaller companies and these younger producers or content creators who are now leading the way and trying to invent this little wheel that is the africa the east african or kenyan or ugandan or whatever film industry you get and so the older producers should be the ones in these boardrooms talking to these people and telling them look this is how film can make you money but now you have a one juliana a one sam going into these boardrooms and convincing them you know i'm a first time filmmaker but this is the way and so you see now how complicated it's going to be because i can't show proof that i've done it you get so it's like starting from scratch but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try it but already, and you know it will take time it will i can't i can't say how long it will take it will just take time and that's that's the reality you know um i think when you talked about western content i think a thought came into mind sometimes i feel that a lot of pressure a lot of pressure as a filmmaker to produce good content in terms of i look at the quality of cinema you know that is on netflix and you know the kind of stories that they want us to tell and just the budgets and everything yeah. you know that comes with that and i just feel a lot of pressure i'm just like wow as in i'm in africa and this is like the, these are the pace setters and kenyans are watching you know like you know as kenyans are consuming netflix content you know so another kenyan and a kenyan audience would require that you as a Kenyan filmmaker you yeah. produce you know like Netflix content yeah. you know so in my head you know I'm just 
doing numbers, just, you know, catching, 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 you know, the zeros. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure. But then I'm asking myself, you know, as Africans, you know, like the way the West has evolved in, you know, its way of content creation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like now Will Smith was in a movie and he's a younger version of himself. Oh, Gemini Man. Yeah, Gemini Man. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm asking myself, you know, how are we as Africans evolving in our way of cinema? Because honestly, it will be unfair f- for me, not even just thinking about it, it would be unfair for me to start, you know, saying, oh, I want to make a 3D film. My God, we haven't even made, you know, the kind of, you know, like, um, you know, the kind of action films that, you know, where cars are falling off buildings and cars are going to, you know, to other buildings. Yeah. And then here I'm putting my pressure on myself, you know, to, oh, yeah, I want to make a 3D film, you know, as in, honestly, you have to start from somewhere and it's not bad to dream. But then our we don't have infrastructure, as you said, we don't have studios that support that kind of a thing. We don't have all that. So then my question becomes, you know, are we, are we making our own pathway? Are we making our own road? you know, into how we are, you know, into how we are telling our stories, like how are we evolving as Africans in our way of storytelling without feeling immense pressure to produce the kind of content that we get on Netflix while, you know, we may not really have the kind of resources that they have. And it's not an excuse, Sam, it's it's true. Like, when you know, we don't have those kind of visual effects and stunts people who do that kind of a thing. Stunts thing, the stunts, you know, we don't even have stuntsmen in Kenya, you know. Oh, you actually have one. We do. But, one that I know, you know of for sure. But then, I, honestly, I'd, I'd be very worried to tell someone in university to take a course in stunts, you know, because yeah. you'd probably only find one film doing stunts in Kenya. How are you going to make a living on that? You know, so, <laughs> yeah. Know. So, yeah, I'm wondering, like, are we creating our own pathway? Yeah, yeah, we have to. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll relate this to mobile technology. Yeah, the mobile technology, the mobile technology revolution in Africa, you know, yeah. is a very good example of us skipping a stage. Yeah. You know, because you know not everyone had landlines. Yeah, that's true. And then suddenly, mobile phone came in. Now everyone has a mobile phone. You know, the explosion. You know, of that. You know. And so, yes, I agree. We do not have the infrastructure or the resources that will get us to the level that will get our work onto these platforms, Netflix, Apple TV, Peacock, whatever, whatever, Hulu, Disney Plus. But this is where we need to rethink the question, who are we making these films for? You know, because, look... Only a certain number of films can get onto Netflix, given the, the, the reality that we have, you know? Because first of all, there are certain types of cameras that have to, you know, shoot that material. You have to shoot in 4K. And they even have a list, and they keep updating. But it's kind of some of the latest gear on the market. And so, if you don't have the funds to get that equipment into your, or the equipment, has, like, essentially, what are we going to do? You know? So then let's think. Audience. Okay? The audience. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah, yeah it comes yeah, back yeah, to the yeah. people. Yeah. Who are we making this hot dog for? Yeah. Am I making it for an American? Yeah. Or am I making it for the Kenyan? Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and who's more likely to take my content. In fact, I feel that we should be aiming to make content specific, no, primarily for the audiences here. Because Hollywood doesn't make content for Africa. I'm sorry. It, that's, not, that's not their model. Because Africans don't watch their content. Okay, we watch it through pirates, you know, mostly. But let's be honest. Black Panther wasn't made for Africa. It was made for African-Americans. And that I, I, can, I, I am quite sure is a fact. Yeah. And who watched it mostly? African-Americans. In America, that is. You get. There's a particular gender. Why are we making films for foreign audiences? I know I am making one for that audience because they have the money. But then, you know, I had to rethink that and ask myself, okay. So the kind of people who can give me access to money are here. Like people who have money. They are, in, they are people who literally have tons of money they don't know what to do with. You know? If you can create a, a sustainable business model, trust me, we will not need foreign funding. It's that simple. Yeah. And that means you can get local investors to put money in the films. There will be audiences there. That's a kind of like a... It's, it's, it's a, a sustainable model. And then you can create more films and more films and more films, which means that more and more people have disposable income. And then in which case, more people can invest in different things like visual effects studios, in post-production houses, in, in gear, you know, lighting and grip, cameras, whatever, putting like sound stages in place because then there's more and more work being created. And so you have audience here. You know, you can afford to create 10 films a year, high quality films. You know, and not just, and you know, Netflix can be a subsidiary model, yeah. you know, a subsidiary platform for you to put your stuff or any of the VOD platforms, airlines, you know, educational facilities, whatever. But the primary audience, which is why Hollywood succeeds, is the people. Mm-hmm. And their infrastructure is different. They already set up cinemas for that very purpose. Yeah. And now even those are, are starting to worry that online, mobile has come online. Which brings us now to a very interesting thing. Okay, so I'm not much of a social media user, Mm -hmm. but again, the pressure of being a social media user, because as a content creator, as a filmmaker, rather, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm asking myself questions like, you know, how can I then use social media to promote my content? You know, or does it is it even a viable platform? You know, like for the African market, am I am I giving an excuse right now by saying that you know by questioning whether it's a viable market for a viable platform? You know, for like an African market, yeah. Because I mean, social media has come. Do you think like our way of storytelling as Africans then have has evolved by 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 the use of social media um, or should we evolve, you know, in our way of storytelling, you know, with the forms of different, plat- with the forms of media that are coming up, you know, in trying now to create for ourselves, like, a different pathway? I don't, I don't think um, the platforms have increased, yeah. for sure. And we have to experiment with different yeah. versions of, yeah. of the storytelling yeah. so that we can figure out what audiences you know, connect with what kinds of models. Um, do you think the person in Shags, sorry, do you think the person in the village watches or is on social media, do you think 
So now that's the thing. Um, social media exists for people who have mobile data. Yeah. Pri- like, okay, for, for talking she about or internet. Yeah. I'm sure they'll probably have the numbers or they'll probably not give them to you, but hey, you know what? <laughs> There's an opportunity there, you know? Yeah. But the thing is, now let's take the example of Safaricom, which is like a really big like yeah. telecom, da- telecom yeah. provider, yeah. you know? They're now into home fiber and whatever. And, you know, a lot more people have access to the internet. And mobile data has, is cheap. It's not the cheapest, but it's, it's, the cost will go down over time. So it's now for the telecom providers to observe this opportunity and think, oh, maybe we can create another revenue stream, you know, by way of creating, like, a platform for people to watch content. You know, but no one's re- no one's actually reached out to them, or maybe they have, but the people in, who have the power to sign that into being, maybe haven't yet quite believed that it's possible. So, back to your question, the person in the village, do they watch? I don't know. But you see, that's I like s- your largest market. Even is. Safaricom would say that's your largest market. Fantastic. Sixty-five percent. Yeah, but they're most yeah. they're probably mostly voice. You see, the thing about using internet, and this was one one time I had an idea for... So maybe we're not there yet, you know, in terms of, you know, telling our stories or... I don't no, know, no, what no, do you no, think? no, 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 like please. Like using social media to... Okay. Yeah. First of all, when you say we're not there yet, you seem, you, 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 you seem to come from a place of it's, the, it's, it's, that's where we are now, that's the only platform. No, no, it's not the only platform. Yeah. It is a platform. Yeah. It's not the most used platform yeah. as much as we are made to believe that. The thing is, if you go to the villages, I am very sure yeah. that they have concerts and public events mm. and all that. And people flock there. They have market days, you know. People still are, are still connecting with each other on a one-to-one basis. And the thing is, you now have to tap into that. Ask yourself... Okay, in fact, now that the idea of a market day has come up, ask yourself, market day, what happens? Oh, they sell things, okay, all day long. Uh-huh. What about if you said, at the end of the day, you screen a film? Yeah. Because already they've attracted people, you know? Yeah. So people can set up a screen in the town square, wherever. People pay some money for it, and they watch it. Yeah. How you cordon off the area is another question that can be thought of, but that's a direct audience, you know? And there's already an activity. You don't have to draw them in, you know? It's kind of like blankets and wine, but for the people in the village, you know? Fun fact. Sorry, just finish. Yeah, I mean, like, you're kind of thinking about how do I engage with people at their level? It's not at my level, it's at their level. I'm taking the product to them. I'm not asking them to come to me. I'm going to them. Yes, you were saying. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Do you know there was a drive-in um, at, you know, where past um, Pangani mm-hmm. as though you're going to, you know, now you're going with Thika Road. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a place called Savi. That's where I saw it. Yes, I know the one. I was thinking about it. Yes, even at Bellevue on Mombasa Road. Yeah, Yeah. I'd want because I feel like my parents have talked about the driving. Yeah, you know, I think it's just nice memories. And I would probably want to ask the person who was, you know, like running the driving, like why did they close it? Like what went wrong? Oh, they were being robbed. People are being robbed. So it's a question of security, really. Oh, okay. I mean, I think, I think. Uh I mean, like, yeah. yeah, it's really a question of security. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. 
to be honest. Yeah. I, it's funny, we were talking about this just a few days ago with a friend. Uh, yeah, and they were uh-huh. saying, I was trying to remember the one at Pan, uh, on, on at Save. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just that simple, security. Uh-huh. But that's the thing I'm saying, that you can take a projector, a screen, and sound system. These people, I can tell you, will watch what I, what I usually call a cinema copy. Someone sits in the cinema with like a small camera and records even with people laughing. But, you know, yeah. crappy, crappy resolution. Picture, sometimes the guy falls down, you know, the camera drops, you know, so he doesn't get caught and he's back again. Those guys watch that stuff. I, I've watched some of them. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You have. Anyway. <laughs> uh, moving along. Yeah. So, you know, they're not worried so yeah. much about the production values. Yeah as much as the idea of being entertained. And the idea of their stories being represented in a film, you know. I don't think it's... Really? You know, and I think... I, like I think is, the reason why sometimes you watch a film is because you see yourself there. Oh, like I'm, you, I'm sorry. You I, I, don't, I, I don't think about it like that. Okay. I, I don't have those, those, you know, those feelings, the, my feelings, feelings of, oh my God, I'm seeing myself on screen. Look, no, 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 no. It's not that. It's not that. <laughs> Look, someone okay. in, in North America, yeah. a, an African or black American would feel that. Yeah. Or someone in the diaspora mm. would feel that because they don't have a lot of themselves being, of seeing themselves because of the homesickness or the feeling of belonging yeah. and things like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't have that feeling. I'm consuming as an audience member, a normal audience member. So that's, that's how I relate with it. Well, maybe there are people, maybe yeah. there are people, I'm not saying they're not there. No, maybe for African films, like when you see a nice African film like that, that they watch Tsotsi. Tsotsi. Yeah. Like it, it just, as in it gave me, not jitters, but it just gave me a really nice feeling to just see like something that's very representative of, you know, like when I look at the streets and I look at the houses, when I look at, you know, just the way the world has been built, it's, it's, it's where I come from, you know, and it's yeah. a nice feeling to see that. And you don't see that every day. Yeah. Like I mean, I mean, film, okay. Know? So yeah. I will take it like from Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. I'll kind of really, I, you know, sort of roundabout way. Uh, so there is the basic need. Yeah. Everyone has that. Uh, Once your basic needs are covered, then there is the, uh, you know, Another need, another need. And then the highest level, I forget yeah. the, the stages, the highest level, like, actualization. So, you did the people, your it was social a, science very well. Well, also in accounting, in ACCA. Oh, okay. Uh, so, they teach that in accounting? Okay. Yes, management. Oh, okay, okay. okay. So, uh-huh. so, the thing is, uh, at the lowest level, that's where most of the lower classes are. And for them, and I think of it from a, an audience, like, viewership point of view, mm-hmm they're not yet that developed, and I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, they're not thinking about, oh, myself, I'm being represented. They don't think about it from that point. They think about it from a really basic level of, I've been entertained. Yeah. It's that, like that, like that. That's why comedy works a lot for people because sort of like escaping their humdrum or stressful life. Yeah. Yeah. So you, on the other hand, are far better educated uh, have access to greater opportunities and so your basic need is has been covered entertainment so you're like what's the next step and what's the next step now people in Europe are at the actualization stage of their you know or like in the west they're going to watch art housey films they'll watch Roma they'll watch uh, what was this film what was it Cold War or you know these really, really artistic films, Para- oh, Parasite is fantastic, so that's uh, kind of in there. But they'll look at it from that intellectual level. And so 
you know, that's where their minds are. Mm. They're not thinking about, you know, the basic entertainment value of cinema. They're now looking at art. You get so kind of like that hierarchy. So you have to also think about that when when you're looking at the audiences you're taking your films to. I think we need to. I'm not saying you need to. We need to think about that. What? Who are we making this hot dog for? I'll go back to that statement. If I'm making for the lower lower level, and I need to see, okay, what do they really really need? They need to be entertained. So I created. Do you think I'm making a, a a film with a budget of fifty thousand now, huh? Of fifty thousand what? Yes, Kenya shillings. Guys, that's like what? Are we, are, we, are we talking about a short film or no, a feature, feature film? No, that's just I, I honestly couldn't make. I honestly couldn't <laughs> make. No, no. When I say basically, I'm not talking about resources. Yeah. I'm talking about storylines okay. and cool. storytelling. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to put in some abstract, that's true. you know, that's metaphors true. or whatever. I mean, I can't overload it with that yeah. because I'm making a film for the people in the who are not yet at that level of appreciation of cinema or storytelling from the visual media if i were to make a film for the international market now i need to think differently you get yeah so there is also it's, it's, it comes it boils down to that and what what doesn't matter what kind of resources i use for you know for whatever it's just that i need to be thinking who am i making this for you know and what 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 do they really care about yeah. europe or the west will care about story production mm-hmm. values artistic value artistic value you get yeah yeah and the story africa yeah. mostly entertainment entertainment value it doesn't matter it would be nice if there's like all these amazing shots and the cinematography is amazing and the sound effect and the visual effects and whatever and the sound design but they're not looking at it from that point. So now that's where you now have to start positioning yourself. Who am I making for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to wrap this up, Juliana. We could oh, talk about this all day. This, this, this has been amazing, right? Yeah, you hijacked my interview. Did I? <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked that she was very thought-provoking. Like, I feel like I haven't had such an intense, not an intense, like a, just a very deep conversation about film, you know, from just one filmmaker to the other, you know, and yeah. I think that we're friends also just makes the conversation really rich, you know? Yeah, so I've, I've honestly enjoyed it. And I think it's sort of, you know, like, you know when you're having conversations with someone and just light bulbs are coming up in your head yeah. and you're like, oh my God, I could actually do that. And I've actually just gotten an idea when we're speaking. Oh, and then, we're, going to, we're going to talk about this after, eh? Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. You know, and, and this, 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 this are what nice and enriching conversations are made of. So this this was really nice. I'm so props to you. Drum rolls. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the Take 6 podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to leave questions, comments, and suggestions on what you would like to hear on the show on our Facebook page at Take 6 Film. The show was produced, mixed, and edited by Brad Maserati. This podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and on our Facebook page. Please take a moment to subscribe, give us a rating and share with others. For now and until next episode, it's a wrap.